This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Last week, we started this thing talking about fasting and laid sort of a definition for what fasting is. And we challenged our church to a 21-day fast. And so many of you guys are seven days deep uh, on this fast, and it's been uh, powerful and encouraging for you. Some of you are struggling, and you're saying, only 14 more days, right? Um, but it's, it's been a really, really powerful time. But we, we established a definition last week and sort of laid a groundwork last week. And we said fasting is, historically, it's, it's abstaining from food or drink. But in our modern context, we said that we can abstain from something else as well, such as social media or TV or, you know, any sort of distraction or whatever, but it's abstaining from something to focus on prayer and seeking God's will. And so for those of you who are fasting social media, you haven't seen this, but we've been putting out on our Instagram and Facebook every day sort of a a time of guided prayer for you and an opportunity for you to kind of look at it and for it to inspire a time of, of prayer and fasting and focus for you. And so we said last week that biblical fasting exemplifies our attitude for spiritual hunger. Biblical fasting, denying ourselves, exemplifies our attitude for spiritual hunger. It's this idea of denying ourselves to seek God. Setting ourselves aside and saying, God, what do you have for me? It's not about, we we said this last week, it's not about making plans and dreams and aspirations and then seeing how we can put God's blessing onto that. It's about stepping back and saying, God, how can I get on your page? How can I be part of what you want to do in, through, and around me? And we gave four ideas last week. We said we need to come at fasting with sincerity. We need to come at fasting with humility. We need to come at fasting with the right motives. And we need to come at fasting with a purpose. And so if you want any of those like spaces filled in and a deeper understanding on that, you can check out our podcast. But I challenged our faith community to a 21-day fast, three weeks. And I challenged us that the first week would be sort of a personal fast. It would be a time spent on prayer and focus on ourselves. God, what do you want to do in and through me over the next 365 days? What do you want to do in and through me in 2019? How do you want to work in my life? How do you want to use me? What do you want to use me for? How can I be part of your plan this next year? That was the focus of the first week. And then I challenged that the second two weeks would be a corporate communal fast It would be us coming together and fasting for this church, for this body, for this faith community, for this expression of Christ's body here in Madison Heights, Central Church. And so I challenged us to do these things. But now before this fast here at Central, uh, before this 21-day fast that we're partaking in all together, I have only fasted one other time, like extended like this. And I know many of you um, I saw were having conversations and whatnot, had questions about fasting, and I've, oh, I've never done it before, I've heard about it, whatever. I've only done it one other time before this. Now, I've fasted like certain days of the week, like I'm going to fast this day for this purpose and this reason and all that. But I, I've only done like extended amounts of time. One other time, and it was when I was in Georgia as a youth pastor. And uh, I was a youth pastor in Georgia. My wife and I um, only had one kid at that time. We had Jude. And I fasted, and what I did for that fast is I was seeking God for direction for our youth group. I was seeking God. It was the top of the year, and I was seeking him saying, God, what do you want to do in our youth group? Our youth group was called Nexus, which means a connecting point. And we were like, God, what are you trying to do here? 
what do you want me to do? How do you want me to like see this lived out? I need direction. I need guidance. And so what I did is I did a seven-day absolute fast where I didn't eat anything for seven days. And then the last 14 days, I did like the Daniel fast, which is like no meat and dairy and all that kind of stuff. And I remember it being life-changing. I remember it being awesome, but that was like 10 years ago. And I haven't done it since. And I don't know why. It just like, it hasn't been one of the spiritual disciplines that I've practiced, but I know that I need to. And I know that I need to develop that. And so this past week, this first seven days of this fast that our church is going through, guys, it has been awesome. I mean, incredible. I had class this past week, and I'm in my master's program, and it's like an accelerated thing, so we meet for a weekend class. I had class, I was telling everybody, like I was, not that I'm like trying to be a Pharisee, I'm just saying, fasting is like the best, I was like, I don't know why this is such an overlooked spiritual discipline. Like, we read the Bible, we talk about that all the time. We pray, we talk about that all the time. Why don't we fast more? This is, some of you are like, you're an idiot, this has been the worst week of my life. But, <laughs> this has been awesome, man. And I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of you guys that it's been awesome. I mean, yeah, there's been struggles. There's been moments where I'm like, I might die if I don't stop this right now. But there's, but there's been a lot a lot of awesome things that have happened. I've heard from a lot of you that there's been a lot of awesome things happening in your life as well. Just the amount of, of clarity that I've been able to experience this week, the amount of peace and patience. Um, you know, my fasting had to do with food. Some of you are doing food. Some of you are doing other things. And for those of you who know me, you know that I'm a hangry person. Like, if I am 10 minutes late for lunch, I turn into the Wicked Witch of the West, right? I mean, I am with the shrieking and everything. I am just, when I'm hungry, I am angry at everything and everyone. But this week, I've had so much patience, and, and, and I, I, my wife is sitting here, so you know I'm not lying. It's been like this supernatural thing, man, but it's been incredible experiencing this fast, and I know many of you have been doing uh, the same thing. And so today, what I want to do, for those of you who missed last week and you're unaware that this is happening, we still have two weeks, and I'm going to challenge and encourage you to jump on board with us uh, towards the end of this. But today, what I want to do is I want to spend a few minutes just discussing this idea of communal fasting, and then I want to uh, talk about our focus for our communal fast, for what we're focusing on as a faith community over these next two weeks, and what we're seeking God for, and what we believe he wants to do in and through us, and where he's leading, guiding, and directing us over this next year. We talked a little bit about it on Wednesday night at our vision night, but if you were unable to meet there, uh, then I'm going to catch you up to speed this morning, and we're all going to be on the same page. So let's pray together, and then we'll jump in. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for this past week that many of us have consecrated ourselves. We've set ourselves aside to seek you, to have an attitude of spiritual hunger. We focused on you. We pursued you. God, I thank you for meeting with us. God, this morning, as we open your word, I pray you allow it to speak truth to us. I pray that this word would come alive. I pray that it would be relevant and applicable to who we are and where we are in the here and now. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for what you're doing in my life and in the lives of the people here. We thank you for what you're going to continue to do moving forward. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. So here's the deal. Here's the, the rocket science behind communal fasting and individual fasting and all that. Communal fasting is basically the same thing as individual fasting. <laughs> are your minds blown? Right? It's basically the same thing, except what it is, it's a group and community of people who are coming together for the same focus and the same purpose. 
So it's a group of us who are still denying ourselves and seeking God, but we're all kind of seeking God for the same thing. Rather than me denying myself and seeking God for what God's doing in my life and what I got going on, and Amber denying herself and seeking God for what God's doing in her life, and Davey doing the same, and DBH doing the same, and Keith doing the same, rather than all of us going to God with our own individual petitions and prayers and focuses, it's all of us coming together and saying, God, we're going to deny ourselves and we're going to seek you for a common goal, for a common purpose, for a common cause. And we see this outlined all throughout Scripture. Right In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 1, it says, The Israelites gathered together. This is the Israelites, the people, the, the people group. And it says, Fasting and wearing sackcloth and having dust on their heads. Sackcloth and dust were more rituals that went with their fasting process, and you'll see that in the next passage as well. But essentially what was happening here in Nehemiah chapter 9 is that the Israelites were entering into a binding agreement with God. They were entering into a, a new type of covenant relationship with God at this point in the passage. And so what they decided to do was to consecrate themselves in preparation for what God was going to do. They were saying, God, we're about to take a new step, go a new direction with you. You're about to show up huge. So we want to set aside some time to fast and to pray so that we can get on your page. So that this thing can happen smoothly and we can be in a posture and a position to follow you. And so the entire community fasted together, seeking the leadership and guidance of God. And so we see this in Nehemiah. We also see this in Jonah. The book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, it says this. It says, the Ninevites believed God. So this is after Jonah had gone and, and, and preached to them and shared with them the truth that God gave him to share the people of Nineveh. Right? And it says that the Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Again, another ritual for it. And when the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloths, and sat down in the dust. You see, it, it parallels up with Nehemiah chapter 9. It says, then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd, or flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. And so the Ninevites heard this message from Jonah that if they didn't change, they didn't get on God's page, they didn't do things the way God had instructed them to do, that their, their demise was imminent. And so they were like, they believed Jonah, and they were like, whoa, deal. We want to get on God's page. We want to slow the road. We want to do what God is calling us to do. We want to be who God is calling us to be. And so the Ninevites, they fasted for God to lead them from top to bottom, everybody. They set themselves aside from the king all the way to the lowest servant, and they yielded themselves to God, made themselves available. And Jonah came with a message, and the entire community made an adjustment to get on God's page. And so we see this throughout scripture, we see this frequently before God shows up and does awesome things in communities and God shows up and works in mighty ways, people consecrate themselves and set themselves aside and say, God, how can I get on your page? How can I do what you have called me to do and be who you have called me to be? I mean, we even see this exemplified with Jesus before he starts and launches his public ministry. This is found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4, and in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. It, it, it documents the same thing. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, I love this next part, he was 
hungry, right? That man could eat. He was hungry. It said, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He says, bro, you're so hungry. If you're the son of God, if you're Jesus and all, turn these stones into bread. Like, not just any sort of, like, discount Kroger bread. I'm talking Panera bread. Like, make this stuff good, right? You're hungry. And Jesus answered, he said, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so before Jesus enters his public ministry, before Jesus goes out and, and does miracles and, and teaches and preaches to people and, and, and God shows up in all these mighty, huge, massive ways, he spends an extensive time fasting and preparation for what God's called him to do, and for what God is going to do and what he is going to accomplish on earth. And so we see time and time again in Scripture God's people fasting and praying in consecration and preparation for what God wants to do, for God to move, for God to guide, for God to direct them. And so it's in this same spirit, it's in this same line of thinking, it's in this same attitude, this same posture that we have issued a challenge for Central Church to fast for 21 days. It's in this same idea, this same line of thinking that we've challenged you guys and us as a staff as well, all of us, to come together and to fast because we truly believe that God wants to do something incredible in this church in 2019. We believe that 2019 is going to be an extraordinary year for Central Church, but we also want to make sure that we're on God's page, that we're not just making all these plans. In Proverbs it says, you know, we, we roll the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall, right? That's the NLT. I don't know if that might be too secular for some of you, but that's what it's... <laughs> Talks about dice in the Bible? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> what this is, the hood church? Um, sorry. <laughs> Should have said that last one. Um, we believe that God is gonna <laughs> We believe that God is gonna do something awesome in 2019, okay? But we want to make sure that we're on his page. We want to make sure that we're not going out and doing all this stuff and then trying to sprinkle some salt and pepper God on this thing and act like it was him. Okay? We want to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's God that's calling us to do this stuff, that it's God that's leading us, that it's God directing us, that it's God uh, uh, guiding us through all of this. And so what I want to do for the next couple of minutes here is I want to sort of uh, recap a little bit of what we talked about on Vision Night so that we can all kind of get on the same page and some of the plans that we have for this faith community, some prayerful plans, the plans that we are fasting and praying for over these next couple of weeks that we've invited you to join us in fasting and praying for, the kind of the next steps that we feel God is leading Central Church, okay? And so on Sunday mornings here at Central, you may have noticed, you may not have noticed, maybe your head doesn't work this way, maybe your head does work this way, but we've been operating at an average of 80% capacity. I mean, even if you look around the room this morning, some of you are already sitting closer than you want to be sitting to the person next to you, right? I mean, we've been operating, did Crystal, did you say for real, out loud? Amber did, okay. I heard somebody go, for real? And they go, dang, dropping bombs on the front row. <laughs> but we've been operating at 80% capacity here on Sunday mornings. And all church growth studies, all experts, all everybody says that 80% full is 100% full. 80% full will stop growth in its tracks, boom, dead right there. 
that you are unable to grow once you're 80% full. And so we're looking at that and going, man, that's, that's insane. That, we didn't even realize this until this past week when we pulled up the numbers from last year. Like, guys, for the last several months, we've been operating at 80% full. That's, in, that's, that's nuts to us because I remember standing up here and talking to like 13 people and being like, man, if we could just get like two more people, that would be awesome. Rounded out at an even 15. I would thank you, Lord, please, Jesus, right? I remember those days. And now we're, we're operating at 80%. And I'm like, this is nuts. But listen, here's the deal. We don't believe, our philosophy of ministry, we don't believe that we should build bigger buildings to hold more people, right? We don't think there's enough buildings in this world. We don't need to build new buildings and do all this stuff. That's not, that's not sort of our approach to ministry. And so our leadership has been fasting and praying, saying, God, what is your design for growth at Central Church? What is your design for growth here in our faith community, in our context? And we believe that there's two ways that we're going to continue to grow. We believe that there's two sort of approaches and philosophies that we're going to take to grow here at Central Church. The first one is that we want to launch, we believe that God's calling us to launch a second service at this location. So there will be a second service here at Central Church. That's the first way that we feel like God has called us saying, hey, this is how you can continue to grow. This is how you can operate and make more room for more people to experience Jesus together. The second way that we think we're going to move forward with growing here at Central Church is a second campus in another location. So second service at this location and then a second campus at another location. So let me kind of break these down just for a second and kind of get us on the same page of what this means, what this potentially looks like, and that way hopefully I can answer some of your questions before they, you're able to ask them. And then if not, come on with it. I love talking about this stuff, and if I don't know the answer, I'll lie to you. So I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, no, no, I really am just kidding. Uh, I'll make it up. I won't lie. I'll make it up. Second service at this location. So 80% capacity, listen, here in the sanctuary, in the auditorium seats, we are at 80% capacity. We already have some people sitting up in the balcony, and our goal is to not have people sit in the balcony because we feel like it's, it's just not the same, you know? It's, it's a little bit disconnected. It feels like a different thing. And so our goal is to keep everybody down here together, right? And so we already have people sitting in the balcony because it's too cramped and there's not enough room. We have family show up. Obviously, no one's going to sit on the front row because I spit when I talk. I get that. No big deal. Um, but... Our goal, listen, the auditorium seats, 80% capacity. The lobby flow before church and after church. It's crammed. It's hard to get to check-in, get to the donuts, get to the bathrooms, do all these things at 80% capacity. Our bathrooms. I talked a little bit at the, about this on Wednesday night. I'm not going to go into as much detail, but I cro maybe cross a line or two on Wednesday night, so I'm going to refrain from that. But our bathrooms are tiny, y'all. There's one sit-down toilet in the dude's bathroom. I may go there. I'm not going there. There's one sit-down toilet in the guy's bathroom, okay? For this, many for this many dudes, that's not enough toilets, okay? It's just not. The girls, you have two, and one of them works all the time. One of them, it's a hit or miss, and you don't know until after you sat down, right? So it's a little dicey, okay? Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm in there fixing that way more than I should be, okay? <laughs> and then all the women are laughing. The guys are like, huh? The girls are like, I know what you're talking about. Amen. Um, but we're at 80% capacity. The kids... I mean, the kids' rooms and the kids' check-in, the kids' check-out, that little narrow hallway with all the kids we have back there and all that sort of thing. The parking lot and the parking crew are having to get creative. I saw someone park sideways in front of my garage last weekend. I was like, okay, that's a new look. I'm into it. That'll work. You know, we're getting creative with all these sorts of things. And so um, I guess all the signs have been there, but we just didn't, we, we, I guess we haven't been aware of it. And so now we see that and we're saying, listen, if we want to continue to reach Madison Heights, we've got to adapt to that need. 
You know, no one's going to come and visit the church for the first time and park sideways in front of my garage and think that that's normal, right? They're going to be like, okay, there's obviously, if it's this hard to park, how hard is it for me to find a seat? My first time in church, how awkward is it going to be for me to have to walk in and have to go sit on the front row because there's no seats for me to sit in? And so that's a problem. Because if we're always thinking with the people who are not here in mind, we got to make some changes. we got to make some adaptations. We have to move and groove with the flow of growth. And so the plan for this, the plan for our second service at this location, we're still praying through it, and we want you guys to join us in praying through it over the next two weeks. But the plan is that we're looking at launching two services in April of 2019. So that's just like, what, two and a half, three months, three and a half, four months, something like that? That's a few months away. We want to be able to do it about a month out from Easter because our attendance peaks in Easter. And so we want to have all the bugs worked out of this, the transitions between services, the parking crews, all the systems, all the serve teams. We want to have the bugs ironed out by Easter, right? We don't want to drop the ball on Easter and not know what to do with our people and not know what to do with all the visitors that God sends us, right? We want to be prepared for that. So at the, uh, I think March 30th or, or the first Sunday of April, we're looking at launching a second service here at Central. And it's going to take us a few months to get the systems in place, to get the serve teams in place, to get the volunteers in place, to get everything in alignment for this thing to work smoothly. But moving forward, currently, that's the working plan, is to add a second service here in April of 2019 to accommodate the growth that God is sending here to this Madison Heights church who's reaching the city of Madison Heights and Warren and a little bit of Ro uh, Royal Oak and a little bit here and there, but predominantly this area. That's the plan for a second service here. Now, the second way that we feel like God is calling us to grow is a second campus in another location. Because here's the deal. We want to share what God is doing here in Madison Heights with more communities. Like I said, we're not looking to be a big box church that brings people in from all over the region. We're technically like a community church. We're super involved here in Madison Heights. Anytime City Hall has an event, you know what? They call us. We don't call them. They call us because we're involved. We've been there serving. We've been there showing up. We bring the volunteers. We bring the projectors. We bring the sound systems. We bring anything and everything we got to serve this city, and they know that. And so they began calling us. For, so we are a community church here, but we feel like that's unique. We feel like that's special, and we want to share that with another community. We want to do the same thing somewhere else. This church, this little church, this community of people, we're not trying to be that for Madison Heights and that for Warren and that for Hazel Park and that for Royal Oak. We're, you know what we'll be? We'll be exhausted and we'll be no good to anybody, right? And so we want this campus to thrive here in Madison Heights in this area and be the community church for this area, the beacon of light in this area. We want to do the same thing somewhere else because we feel like our approach to church is unique. We feel like it's a little different, Right? Our faith community approach, faith being the most important thing and community being the most important thing, <laughs> right? That approach is unique to a lot of places. You know, we understand that there's a 250-person maximum relational capacity that we have. And so we don't want to assemble thousands and thousands of people where you feel like just a, a butt in a seat at church. We feel like following Jesus is a relational thing. We feel like following Jesus is a thing that we do together. It's not meant to be done alone. It's not meant to be done in a consumeristic fashion where you come and you just consume whatever's put out there. It's meant for us to spark dialogue and then you have a community of people that you can dialogue about it with and have differing opinions and have differing ideas and have differing conversations all the while pursuing Jesus 
together. Does that make sense? And so we want to be able to do that in another community. And so here's the plan, the big, you know, here's where our head is at. Again, we're praying through it. We're working through it. All the details and logistics are not worked out yet, but I did have a big meeting on Friday that I mentioned on Wednesday that went pretty well. Everyone was asking me about it, um, and by my response, some people gave me a percentage of how they think it went. <laughs> um, I think we landed on about a 70% good uh, at the meeting, and it, it, was, it was good. I can't divulge any information because obviously it's all working and whatever, but what I can say is that we are looking for a campus, at a campus, to campus within a 30 to 40 minute uh, radius of this place. 30 to 40 minutes of Madison Heights, we want to start another church. Or maybe we want to revitalize another church, just like we did here with what used to be Faith Temple, and then we revitalized into Central Church. We're looking at doing something similar to that in another location. And so the timeline for that as well, obviously we're praying about it. Obviously we're seeking God about it. But the timeline idealistically would be an Easter timeline as well. And so you're looking at me going, you're crazy. And I'm looking back at you saying, yes, I am. Yes, you're, you're correct. I mentioned on Wednesday night, I said, you know, when, uh, if, if, if this all works out and we feel like we're on God's plan and God shows up and all this stuff, we're going to be able to look at this and say, yeah, that was absolutely God. That was an absolute God thing. Because there is no way that it makes sense for a church of this size for a church of, of, of this magnitude and all that stuff to go from one service to three by Easter. Makes no sense whatsoever. But you know what else doesn't make sense? That eight years ago, a 26-year-old kid named Sam came into this room with 12 people who had grandkids older than me. Not kidding. And that God has taken that and made this. It wasn't me. Y'all who know me know it wasn't me. That was a God thing. And God's up to something, and God's doing something when we're willing to set aside ourselves and say, hey, yo, what are you trying to do here? Where do you want to go? What do you want to see happen? When we do that, God's like, okay, let's do this, right? And so that's the kind of situation that we find ourselves in here again, okay? I'm not standing up here all cocky thinking, oh, yeah, we could do this. We're going to knock it out of the park. You know what? This may be a total failure, and it may be God teaching us something else through that. But right now, we feel like God's calling us there, and we're going to step out in faith. It's one of our core values. We're going to step out in faith, and we're going to see what happens, and we're going to chase after this. So I'm asking you guys on the front end of this thing, on the front end of this thing, to be in prayer and fasting. I don't need you to come to me in six or eight months and, see, and say, you know, I prayed and fasted last week, and God told me this is a bad idea. Too late! I need to know that now, right? We need to know that now. We need to be on God's page now saying, Sam, you know, I think you're off here. And if 99% of you are saying we're off here, chances are we're off here, okay? But if we can pray and seek God together and say, man, hey, I'm inspired, I'm excited, I'm challenged, I think God's going to step up, I think we're going to step up, I think that, then that's a good sign that we're heading in the right direction. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? This place has never been a dictatorship. It's always been a communal thing, and I want to keep it that way. I want us to move forward together. So here's what we need from our faith community. Here's what we need from our faith community moving forward, okay? We need a Galatians 5 keeping in step with the Spirit for all of us. And I know I've, I've mentioned this a few times, thrown back to it a few times. It's probably somewhere on our podcast. 
But we talked about Galatians 5, keeping in step with the Spirit, right? And we said that those are not marching orders. That's not like the, the, the Spirit is this drill sergeant saying, hut, two, three, four, read your Bible, pray, hut, two, three, four. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not sort of that thing. We, we, we likened it to a ludicrous song, which is a little carnal, I guess, but that's what we do, right? And we said, when I move, you move, just like that. When I move, you move, just like, you know what I'm saying? John, you know what I'm saying. Don't cover your face. John's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing this in church. But it's that idea. It's a dance with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says move, we move. And when he says we move, we move. And when he says to move, we move. And so we feel a prompting like the Holy Spirit saying, let's move. And so it's our responsibility to move. And so it's going to be scary. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be tough. It's going to require more of us. But what we need from this faith community is to be in step with the Spirit. That's why we spent the first week of this fasting as an individual week. You need to be in step with the Spirit. I need to be in step with the Spirit for us to be in step with the Spirit. Does that make sense? You got to be in step with the Spirit. We got to be in step with the Spirit so we can all be in step with the Spirit. And so the first thing is to keep in step with the Spirit. The second thing is we need you to keep investing. I told you this on Wednesday. We need you to keep investing. Keep investing relationally. Keep putting yourself out there. Central Church is what it is because of you guys. Not because of the person standing on stage. It's because of the relationships that are cultivated in this room. I can't connect with every single one of you. You guys connect with each other. And that's what makes this church awesome. That's what makes this church amazing. When a mom has a baby and all these women rally around her and make meals for the next week and bless that family, that's awesome. That's what it's about. It's not about the guy standing up here with the crazy shoes. That's not what it's about. Right? It's about the relationship. It's about the connection. It's about seeing Christ in each other and sharing that with one another. So keep investing relationally. Keep serving. Keep investing in your service. When you're on a serve team, you have no idea the impact you're having on this church. The parking crew, I tell them all the time, they're my favorite team, man. Rain, snow, shine, dark, whatever. They are out there, and they are smiling, and they are pumped, and they are on their cone game. I mean, they are doing it big for Jesus, and I love it. I love it. Keep serving. Keep investing through serving. The, the, the worship team showing up here at 8.30 on Sunday mornings. Y'all get to sleep in. The worship team don't. They're here at 8.30 working this stuff out. I appreciate that. That is huge that they come prepared, bringing their stuff, their gifts and their talents to point people to Jesus. Keep investing through serving. Keep investing financially. This stuff costs money. I mean, you know that toilet paper that's in our really small bathrooms? That stuff costs money. They don't give it to you free just because you're a church, right? Toilet paper costs money. Lights cost money. It costs money, obviously, to make this thing happen. I've talked about it many times. We're in a unique position with the daycare here that pays the salaries of the people who work here. So the money you bring in is for ministry here. And in our community, we're in a unique position in that way. And so it's very, very cool that we have that opportunity. But keep investing financially and then keep inviting. Keep inviting people. Invest in this place by inviting to this place. If God's doing something awesome in your heart and in your life here, chances are he'll do it for them too. And the only reason they haven't come is because you haven't invited them. So keep investing through inviting. Because here's the deal. Some changes are on the horizon, but these changes are good changes in response to growth. And you know what the growth is a response to? The gospel and people experiencing Jesus in community. That's why we come here. 
There's nothing special hocus pocus about what we do. You can go somewhere else and find a professional band that plays every single note correct and sings like choirs of angels. No offense to Davey. He had, does have an angelic voice, but I tell him that all the time. But you can go somewhere else. You can go somewhere else and find a better speaker. You can go somewhere else and find a comfier chair. You can't go anywhere else and find better donuts. I'm pretty confident on that, okay? Yeah. Apple Fritters and Ferndale, they're, they got their game on lock, okay? But you can go somewhere else and find that really, like, hipster test tube coffee stuff if you want. You know, I don't even know. I don't know. They make it in a lab or something, uh, pour over or something. Uh, it tastes like burnt water. Anyway, you can go somewhere else and find that stuff. That's not the stuff that's making this place grow. What's making this place grow is relationships, experiencing the gospel and experiencing Jesus in community. That's what's doing it. And so there's some changes on the horizon, but they're good changes. And so my challenge to our faith community over these next two weeks is to join us in fasting and praying. Join us in seeking God for what he wants to do in, through, and around this faith community. Because we need all of your voices. We need all of your talents. We need all of your abilities. We need all of what you guys bring to the table that make this place what it is. We need it all. We need all of that to continue to pursue Jesus and to continue to offer Jesus and point people to Jesus. And so as the band comes up, they're going to lead us in another song. And I want to carve out just an intentional amount of time for us to do business with God this morning. Some of us, we hear this and it's incredibly exciting. We're like, yes, awesome, I'm pumped. Others of us hear this and we're terrified because it rattles our cage. What if someone comes and sits in my seat? Oh, no, that ain't happening, right? It, it kind of shakes our cage a little bit and so it's a little scary. It can potentially be. Some of us hear this and we're like, ooh, well, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my kids? What does that mean for kids' church? What does that mean for my serve team? What does that mean for my community group? What does that mean for all these different things? And so we're, we're bombarded with questions. So as the band's leading us, I want to give us a, an opportunity to not only process this, but maybe you're in here this morning and you're hearing this fasting stuff. And you're like, okay, I think I'm going to jump in. I think I'm going to jump on board. I think I'm going to join with them and fast through this. So maybe this morning you need to seek God on how and what you're going to fast over these next two weeks. How you're going to join with us over the next two weeks and consecrate ourselves, set ourselves aside to seek God's will for this faith community. How are you going to do that? What are you going to set aside to seek God? Maybe it is a food thing. Maybe it's you skip a meal. Maybe it's a daylight fast. Maybe it's an absolute fast. Maybe it's a um, smoothies only fast. Maybe whatever. You can get creative with it, you know? Maybe it's not food at all. Maybe your health... Uh, conditions and things doesn't permit that. Maybe it's fasting social media or fasting TV or fasting whatever. Don't fast working out. I think that's counterintuitive, okay? Remember, our motives have to be pure there, right? But um, seek God on how or what you will fast over the next two, two weeks. What will you put aside to seek God first for our faith community? Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to seek God on how he wants to use you in the story that he's telling at Central Church. Maybe you need to seek God on how he wants to involve you, how you can be of service, how you can be a part of the story that he's telling. How will you play a part in all that God is doing in 2019? After Wednesday night, I already got like numerous emails from people saying, hey, we're super excited. We wanna be a part. How can we help? How can we be a part of this? And my response is, what do you wanna do? What do you like to do? Let's do this together. Let's work on this together. I've got numerous reports like that of people wanting to get involved. So maybe your time this morning is saying, God, how can I get, how, how do you want to use me in this? What do I bring to the table that you can use to forward 
the mission and vision of this faith community and to point people to Jesus together. Or maybe this morning you need to spend a few minutes just kind of thinking how he wants you to invest in this faith community in 2019. I'm not only talking monetarily, I'm talking investing. I'm talking investing, see how God wants you to step up relationally. Maybe you've just been coming and going, you know, two minutes after it starts, two minutes before it's over, beeline for the car. Maybe God wants you to step up relationally, maybe getting more involved. As we exit this morning, there's going to be community group sign-ups out in the lobby. Maybe it's time that you finally sign up for a community group, and not only sign up, but you actually show up and be a part and put yourself out there relationally. Maybe he's calling you to step up in that way. Maybe he's calling you to step up serving and joining a serve team. Not just coming in consuming, but you have gifts, you have talents, you have ability. I say this all the time. You have greatness. God has designed each and every one of you as unique and great and creative. And if you're not bringing what you got to the table, we're all missing out on your greatness. This place could be so much better with you bringing what you got to the table. Because you minister in a unique and powerful way. Only the way you do it. And if you're not doing what you do, how you do it, we're all missing out. And so maybe God's calling you and saying, okay, I'm going to step up and I'm going to serve. Maybe for you this morning, it is stepping up financially. Maybe for some of us, it's actually beginning to give. You know, we're on board, we get it, but our money, uh, man, I'm not down with that. I don't, I don't support the church like that. You know, that's whatever. Maybe it's beginning to give. Maybe it's increasing your giving. You've started this and you're like, okay, I'm getting it. I'll give two bucks a week. All right, I'll give two. Like, like the grandma that tips two bucks no matter how much the bill is, you know? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? I was a waiter at Cracker Barrel. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, maybe it's stepping up there saying, okay, I've tried this. I'm going to up my ante a little bit. I'm going to invest in this financially because I know that's a need and that's something that I can do. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's, it's just giving more consistency. You get it, but you're not giving consistently and whatever. Maybe it's investing financially more. Maybe, maybe that's what God is calling you to do. Maybe it's stepping up by actually inviting. You know? You know that this place has meant the world to you. You know that this place has, has changed you. The people here have invested in you and loved on you, cared for you, shared with you at the high points and at the low points. You know there's people in your life that need that. You know there's people in your life that would benefit from that. You just haven't invited them. You haven't brought them in to the fold, into the family. And so maybe it's stepping up and sharing what God is doing here with your sphere of influence. And allow God to do work in their hearts and their lives as well. But whatever it is that God's calling you to do, however God is calling you to be part of this story that God is telling here, we want to give you some opportunity and some time to do that this morning. Give you a chance to respond to God and be open to His leading and His guidance and His direction. So let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.